0: Capo Caco is on fire. Igor Shisterkin has won four straight games after a brilliant performance against the Stars and the Rangers win an absolute dogfight. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 1010 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On podcast network. And that intro song you're hearing right now is, of course, leave the lights on from our good friends in Passfire. Definitely check those guys out anywhere you get your music. So who's feeling good? Eight straight wins for the New York Rangers and a lot of players you know stepping up over the last handful of games i've really been impressed with you know the variety of different ways that the rangers have been able to consistently get two points night in and night out i think you don't have to look any further than last night and the game before last night of course the outdoor game against the islanders uh to see that you know kind of in effect obviously the game against the islanders was crazy. Rangers didn't have the best start in that game and fell behind by three goals. They end up rallying. They come back and win just a high scoring wild game, six to five in overtime. And then in this game, you've got kind of a low scoring game, both goalies putting on a show, but the Rangers able to hold off the stars, a tough team, a tough opponent and grind their way uh, to what turned out to be a three to one win, which really should have been a four to one win. I'll comment on that little mini controversy at the end of today's episode, but Rangers got the win. That's all that really matters. And Somebody, I mentioned a lot of players stepping up recently, perhaps none more so than Capo Caco, especially when you compare where he was at the start of the season and even really when he first came back from being injured uh, to where he is at right now. Caco scores a goal in this game. He now has a five-game point streak, two goals, and three assists in that time. But beyond you know just the points in the offense, he was a menace in this game. He was all over the ice, uh, that third line. And of course, he's out there with Brodzinski and Cooley. These guys, it's very noticeable the last handful of games. They fight for the puck like their lives are on the line. I mean, they really do. They go in hard on the forecheck. They battle. I can't tell you how many times over the last handful of games here where we've seen a situation where, you know, it seems like the Ranger opponent, whoever that might be, has control of the puck in their own zone, and it looks like they're going to be able to you know work the puck out, get into the neutral zone, and get going. And then, you know, Kako. Or one of the other guys, either Brodzinski or Cooley, you know, they'll kind of challenge them. They'll they'll fight for the puck and they'll take it away from them uh, to sustain long offensive zone possessions. That's something that that line has really stood out in, in a positive way in recent games is a lot of long offensive possessions. Even ones where they don't score, don't even necessarily create a great scoring opportunity. They're still going to work. They're still grinding, and hey, obviously, if the puck is in the attacking zone, uh, that relieves pressure on the defense and relieves pressure on the goalie. Rangers defended well around Igor Shosturkin in this game, and um, you know, part of the reason for that was I think you know some of the support that you know obviously different Rangers provided, including this line. A lot of offensive zone possession time for this line for the Rangers. I mean, Igor still ended up making a lot of saves, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But you know, again. The sustained ozone possession time for this line has been very noticeable. And Kako, one of the main driving forces there, all these guys just just battling for the puck like they absolutely need to have it. And that's just been awesome to see that relentlessness uh, from this third line, which, again, mentioned it in a recent episode. I'll say it again now. is the best that any Ranger third line has looked all season. These guys have really stepped up recently. Uh, Capo Kako certainly included in that. Uh, As far as the Kako goal, it occurred while the Rangers were skating four aside with the stars. Uh, Rangers got possession of the puck. We know how big that can be uh, in general, but certainly, you know, 4v4, uh, certainly 3v3, you know, when it's in overtime um, to have possession when there's more open ice out there and obviously more chances to create some offense. And it does seem like the Rangers go to CACO fairly often when it's 4v4. And I want to start paying a little bit more attention to that, which players are on the ice for 4v4 time. Uh, And part of the reason might be, what I just said there, you know, possession is very important, and Kako one of the best at driving possession on the Rangers. But the Rangers, you know, they're they're cycling the puck. They're up one nothing at this point in the game, cycling the puck in the offensive zone, and Kako ends up beating the goalie clean. Uh, that again pushed his point streak to five straight games. And it's interesting because Kako actually earlier in this shift had a chance to shoot the puck from basically the same spot on the ice, but instead he kind of circled back, and again emphasizing the possession, you know, not wanting to give the puck away and not wanting to force a shot that isn't there. Although I I do think he could have pulled the trigger a little bit earlier in the shift. Uh, He chose not to do that, but then you've got the Rangers kind of, you know, moving the puck, cycling the puck a little bit at the blue line. Uh, Kako leaves the puck for Miller. Miller then leaves it for Gusseson. Gusseson then passes up to Kako and Kako took care of the rest. Just a brilliant shot. He scores short side, top shelf, an absolute snipe. And um, just, that's just good to see because I think over the years, you know, with Capo Caco, ever since the Rangers drafted him, we haven't seen enough of this where he just straight up beats the goalie clean with a nasty shot. But that's exactly what he did here. Um, great stuff from Caco. And, you know, this also kind of leads me into another kind of ongoing debate on this podcast as well as among just Ranger fans in general, the idea of Capo Caco being traded I just can't see a way that this is going to happen. Now, one case that you can make, if you're still in favor of the Rangers moving Kakko and, and bring in somebody that can help, or you know, maybe you're on the fence, but it depends on what the return would be for Kakko. He is finding his game recently, and, and the case you can make there is that, well, his value is up, and you might be able to get a little bit more for Capo Kakko at this point than you would have been able to as recently as, say, even two weeks ago. Um, but, you know, I, I go on social media, and I, I see these mock trades, you know, things like, Capo Caco and a second round pick for Adam Henrique. Yeah, no thanks. And I like Adam Henrique. It's nothing against him. But I'm not trading away Caco plus a valuable draft pick to bring in a guy that's going to be here um, for only half a season in all likelihood. Uh, That certainly would feel like an overpayment. But the reasons not to trade Capo Caco are really starting to pile up over the last handful of games to begin with. Again, he's just simply playing better. And um, that third line for the Rangers looks great. It's better than any uh, third line is looked for the Rangers all season. We covered that. Also the fact that Blake Wheeler, very likely out for the season. I know they left the door cracked that if the Rangers, you know, make a deep playoff run, but they got to get there first before you even start to entertain uh, those possibilities. So Wheeler, in all likelihood, probably not going to play again for the Rangers this season. Uh, that obviously limits the depth at right wing, which is already something of an issue. Uh, on top of that, Kako really starting to develop chemistry with his uh, newfound linemates here. And another reason... And one that I think can kind of fly under the radar. Another reason why you wouldn't really want or need to trade Caco right now is that Johnny Brodzinski is really stepping up as the third line center. So all of a sudden, something that looked like a desperate need for the Rangers third line center doesn't really seem like as much of a need. It doesn't mean that the Rangers can't go out and trade for a center. You know, they might still do that. It's at least possible. But Johnny Brodzinski, with the way he's played lately, has kind of lessened that need. The Rangers aren't as desperate to land a center as maybe it would have seemed as recently as a couple of weeks ago. So again, there's a lot of reasons not to trade Capo Caco, and I'm not really seeing a ton of great reasons to trade him. I mean, if some team just knocks your socks off with an offer, it doesn't hurt to listen, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, the way things stand, I just can't see a way uh, that Caco is going to be dealt before the trade deadline this season. We also had uh, Peter Laviolette commenting on Capo Caco after the game. Uh, Laviolette was kind of asked about Caco in general and the fact that Kako, despite playing very well recently and playing very well in this game, only got 12 minutes and 21 seconds of ice time. And this is what Laviolette had to say about it. He had another strong game. I got to find a way to put him out there more. That's on me because he's playing well right now. He looks confident. And something that kind of popped into my head when I read that quote is that nothing against Quinn, nothing against Galan. I'm not going to take pot shots at these guys now that they're no longer the Rainier coach. It's hard to imagine either one of them saying anything like that. There's a lot to unpack there, and I don't know. I mean, there's just I can't see them putting blame on themselves for not playing one of the young uh, Ranger players. But it's it's nice that Laviolette uh, had some accountability there. And you know, the other thing here is that I think something that you're also noticing a theme that's developing recently is that Laviolette multiple times after some of these recent wins has talked about, Oh, I'd like to get that guy some more ice time. I'd like to get that line out there a little bit more. We'll see if we can find a way good problem to have that. That is the quintessential example of a good problem to have. The Rangers are winning and winning and winning eight in a row now. And the fact that you can't even find enough ice time that, that, you know, to keep, not necessarily keep everybody happy, but to reward them for the way that they're playing uh, very much a good problem to have because a, a lot of Rangers are firing on all cylinders right now and there's only so much ice time to go around on any given night. And Capo Caco has earned more ice time. We'll see if he gets it. Uh, we did see in the middle of this game, I think it was right after the Caco goal, Laviolette gave Caco a shift with Mika and Kreider and I kind of held my breath a little bit because as much as like on paper, it might seem like that makes sense to to reward Caco and put him back up on the top line. Caco is playing far better as we've documented on here with Cooley and Brodzinski than he ever did this season, at least with Kreider and Mika Zabanejad. So I really don't want to see that change made, even though in theory, you know, Kako's playing with better players and he's going to get more ice time playing on the top line than he is on the third line. This falls under uh, the category, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I haven't really broken out that expression all that recently, but I'm going to break it out right now for uh, for this situation. Uh, Again, Kako playing the best that we've seen him play. And I would say probably, uh, his best game of the season is the one that, you know, just concluded against the Stars. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Want to go ahead, turn our attention to Igor Shisterkin was absolutely fantastic in this game. And we're going to do that in just a second. Also talk a little bit about uh, Adam Edstrom and Matt Rempe. They're out there just hitting everything that moves. So that's been fun as well. And we'll get to all that fun stuff, whole bunch of other stuff as well. First, though, we definitely would like to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you buy Ibotta. Grocery bills are so expensive these days, but now they do not have to be. Start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with the free Ibotta app and get cash back every time you shop. Do you love making money, but also love spending money? Don't we all? Now you can make money while you spend it every time you shop with Ibotta. Spring break is around the corner, which means you're going shopping, but don't shop for your big trip, and get nothing in return. Make sure you're getting cash back every time you shop with Abata Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Abada, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONNHL when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONNHL. That's Ibotta in the Google Play app, I-B-O-T-T-A, or the App Store and use code LOCKEDONNHL. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you guys will definitely want to stick around. We're going to be breaking down in our next episode whatever happens between the Rangers and the Devils on Thursday in New Jersey. Uh, Rangers going for their ninth straight win. Obviously, that's very exciting in and of itself. Uh, Devils have really been scuffling. It seems like uh, Jack Hughes is throwing a hissy fit on a almost nightly basis at this point. And it's a bigger game for the Devils than it is for the Rangers because they are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Uh, they really need to win this game. Rangers are still in first place in the Metro. Going to be a battle, as it always is, between these two teams. And definitely looking forward to watching that game and then breaking it down uh, with all of you fine folks in the next episode. But to keep our attention on this uh, awesome win for the Rangers that just occurred against the Stars, let's go ahead and shift our attention to Igor Shesterkin. He was phenomenal in this game. And I might actually put this performance at his, his best of the season even better than his 29-save shutout against the Flames. Obviously, in that game, made a lot of really nice saves, a lot of really clutch saves, had to preserve a one-goal lead for a long portion of that game. But in this one, he ends up with, I'd say, even more spectacular saves. I'd say even more clutch saves, a couple of saves that fall under both of those categories. And that's the thing about Igor. When he's at his best, uh, he's making big time saves in big time spots. And we saw a lot of that in this game. It was tight all throughout. Uh, Rangers very briefly had a two-goal lead, but for the most part, they were up by one goal or you know, scoreless with the stars for just about this entire game. Igor ends up stopping 41 of the 42 shots that he faced. And it was funny because start of the third period, Rangers are up two to one at that point. And Joe Micheletti, you know, right before the puck drops there for the third, he says. It's going to have to be a real good period from Igor Shesterkin for the Rangers to win this game. And my God, I mean, was, was this ever a good period from Igor Shesterkin? He set the tone early. Stars got an early rush against the Rangers, uh, maybe just a minute or two into the third period. Uh, Marchman takes a shot and Igor stretches his glove to his left and snags it really nice save there. Uh, but he was just getting warmed up. Some of the saves he made in the third period were absolutely unworldly, including this one against Jamie Ben. You've got a face-off win in the Rangers zone by Ben looked like a design play here. He went right to the net uh, received a pass and Igor slides over to his left makes an outstanding save. Ben after this play was basically just smiling in disbelief could not believe that he didn't score on it. And then down the stretch only about four minutes to go in this game. An otherworldly save by Igor Shosturkin against Sagan. Uh, we get a shot from the right circle. This first save was was really nice in and of itself. Uh, Igor had to kick out his right pad, make an awesome skate save to keep the puck from going in. But the rebound is there. It goes to Sagan. And as you're watching this play live, I mean, you pretty much put it on the scoreboard because you just don't see any way that he's going to be able to make the stop. You know, he's down on the ice and Sagan's getting to the rebound. And the net's right in front of him. He just has to stuff at home. Uh, But Igor, while he's down on the ice, reaches out with his stick, just makes a phenomenal save, denies the puck from going in. And, um, you know, the puck's kind of rattling around a little bit there. It it went off of Igor's stick, went back, and I think hit Igor in the pads. And eventually he's able to cover it up, get on top of it, and uh, get the play stoppage there. But, you know, you watch Sagan after this play. I just mentioned Ben's reaction. Sagan, after this play, was staring up at, you know, the Jumbotron, looking for the replay just watching in disbelief and when he saw you know the the replay of Igor making that save he just said wow so really to, to know how good Igor was in this game you don't even have to watch his highlights you can just watch a compilation of some of the stars reactions to the saves that Igor was making Uh, both Ben and Sagan in complete disbelief that they did not score on either one of these plays, either one of them scores here. It's a tie game. If they both score, suddenly the Rangers are trailing. Uh, But the other thing I noticed when I watched the replay this morning, the save that Igor made against Sagan, there was a stars defenseman that as this play was developing, you know, Igor made the initial save and Sagan's there and it looks for sure. Like he's going to score the stars defenseman. He's kind of near the blue line. He starts to put his arms up to celebrate the goal. And then as the save is made, his hands go on top of his head. Like, just utter disbelief that this puck does not go into the net. Like I said, Igor highlights are great. The the Stars' reaction highlights were even better because that that just kind of sums up uh, just how good Igor was in this game. And again, making all these saves at the biggest clutch moments of the game. And really, even the goal that Igor allowed in this, you know, clash against the Stars here is one that you can't really blame him for. The Rangers were shorthanded. That's, you know, first and foremost. So obviously you're compromised defensively a little bit when you're shorthanded, but Igor made like three saves, maybe even four saves during this power play. A lot of them were in quick succession. Stars basically just kept hammering away and he's uh, going to eventually get to by Igor to cut the Ranger lead to two to one. But that was the only goal that Igor allowed in this game. And do I even have to mention the fact that that this goal occurred less than a minute after Caco scored to make the score two to nothing. You know, I'm really reaching at straws here, but stick with me for a second on this one. Maybe just by the simple law of averages, the fact that the Rangers have given up so many goals in the shift or the immediate aftermath of a goal being scored. Maybe that means they've they've done it so much in the regular season. Maybe that means that it won't happen at all in the playoffs. Again, the law of averages, I realize that's a stretch, but when it comes to this issue, I'm kind of at a loss for words at this point. I'm kind of just grasping at straws and uh, trying to to figure out anything, you know, that, that could turn this around. Maybe just a simple law of averages. You, you give up this many in the regular season, it can't continue in the playoffs, right? I mean, sooner or later, the Rangers are going to reach their quota here, right? I mean, again, it's a stretch, but it's about all I'm, it's about what I'm down to when it comes to this issue uh, for the Rangers here. But you know, that couple couple minutes ago in the game at this point and Rangers still up 2 to 1 a couple more big saves by Igor in the final minutes nothing quite as good as this save that he made against Sagan but Igor was shot, sharp down the stretch and once the Rangers got an empty netter from Trocheck uh, Igor even you know took a shot at the empty net it got knocked down and kept in um, but I actually I want to back up just a second and talk about this empty netter from Trocheck because a uh, really good defense here by the Rangers the puck was behind the Ranger net and you had Trocek and Truba both kind of converging on the puck carrier. The puck moves up uh, around the boards, or on the corner there. And an awesome play by Mika Zibanejad. Mika's there, and it looks like the Stars player has position, but Mika kind of gets in front of him and chips the puck up and off the boards to himself. You know, Mika passed himself off the boards basically there. And then he passes to Kreider. Kreider gets it into the neutral zone. Kreider over to Trocek. Trocek made sure to gain the red line so that, you know, if he misses the empty net, at least it won't be icing, takes a shot and scores tough angle from Trocek there. Um, but, you know, great play, great goal, made it three to one in favor of the Rangers. And, um, you know, they, uh, that was indeed the final score, even though it probably shouldn't have been, because as a lot of you guys pointed out on social media. And I, I think one of you even tagged me in one of your tweets, Chris Kreider scored a goal before the the clock ended. You know, we're getting into the final seconds of the game. Stars have the goalie pulled again. It's still three to one. And Kreider gets control of the puck in his own zone and takes a shot at the empty net and buries it. And, you know, the the on-screen TV graphic isn't always completely perfectly synced up with the uh, the scoreboard. But, I mean, the, the nevertheless, that graphic showed there were still, you know, 0.2 seconds left when the puck crossed the line. So that should have been a goal for Kreider. It should have been a 4-1 win for the Rangers. It doesn't really matter. But, I mean... You know, you want the goal. <laughs> Why not, right? I mean, Kreider. You know, it's another goal. He's chasing the all-time Ranger record. I mean, imagine he falls one goal short of that. You know, we're we're gonna look back on this one, and I would just think they would want to review it. You know, just for the purposes of you know good clean bookkeeping. Again, it doesn't affect the winner or the loser of this game at all. But still, I mean, that that was a goal. If he, at least if you go by what's on the TV, and it should have counted. Uh, alas, it did not. Another stat, getting back to Igor here, that was kind of floating around on social media, might surprise some people. Igor has allowed two goals or fewer in five of his last 10 starts. Now, there have been a couple clunkers in there too, but this at least shows that Igor, he's getting close. He's still having some really good games here and there. And really now it's just a matter of you know nailing down the consistency, the consistency that has kind of eluded him this season. As we've documented, it's kind of been a roller coaster up and down season for Igor Shosturkin. But his last three games, uh, two of them are probably his best two performances of the season. This shutout against Calgary, and of course this awesome game against the Stars just last night. So hopefully it's a sign of what's to come. And like I said, just just nailed on the consistency, and we'll we'll be all good for Igor as his team continues to uh, march toward the playoffs. So gonna keep everything rolling. In just a second, we're gonna talk about an unsung hero. Also gonna give some props to Adam Edstrom and Matt Rempe. I mean they're going out there and just wrecking people right now. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, we will get to that. In just a second. But first, we definitely would like to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, In- according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. Okay. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap up today's episode with a little bit of this and that I want to, uh, Shout out kind of an unsung hero of this game. I'm going to go with Eric Gustafson. You know, he started the play or was really involved in the play that led to Capo Caco scoring what turned out to be the game-winning goal. He seems to be playing with a little bit more confidence recently. He was involved in a couple of other scoring chances in this game. He almost came close to scoring once or twice himself. Uh, Was not able to do it, but had a couple of, you know, decent, dangerous-looking opportunities. Um, It seems like Gustafson is stabling a little bit. He started off the season playing just brilliant hockey, you know, the the first, you know, portions of the season and stepped up in a major way when Adam Fox was injured. Um, then, you know, he kind of went through some struggles. I mean, the whole team did, to be fair here, but he's been scuffling a little bit. Just feels like in the last couple of games, he's starting to kind of rediscover his game a little bit. And obviously, uh, we hope that that continues because, you know, the, the Rangers need their defense and firing on all cylinders heading into the playoffs, uh, not the least of which is Eric Gustafson. So he's, he's your unsung hero. I thought about giving it to Ryan Lingren. I probably maybe should have given it to Ryan Lindgren, but it, it's worth, you know, at least giving him a shout out here. He was back on the ice just two days after he took that, you know, stick to the eye and, you know, another portion of that play against the Islanders that nobody really talked about. He got the stick to the eye or near the eye and he ends up getting 10 stitches and, and that's bad enough. But man, did he hit the boards hard on that play? You know, he he's hustling into the corner. He doesn't shy away from the dirty parts of the rink and that stick comes up on the follow through. And catches him, you know, it looked like right under his eye, like right in this area here. And that was probably rough enough for Ryan Lindgren. But he was going full speed. And he hit the board so hard on this play. Basically went face first into the boards. That couldn't have felt very good either. Um, But to the surprise of nobody, he's right back out there for this game. Uh, He was wearing, you know, the fishbowl helmet there. um, Had a pretty gruesome scar under his eye. There's part of me that almost want him to sit out this game because sometimes I think you got to save these guys from themselves because Lindgren's going to play. I mean, honestly, there's times where it feels like if Lindgren is breathing, he's going to go out there and he's going to play. But hey, I mean, he went out there and uh, had a good game, had an assist in this game. He was a plus two, uh, one hit in 21 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time. That was the fourth most among Ranger defensemen. Um, But... It's not that much of a drop-off. Ke'Andre Miller led the Rangers in ice time at 22:43. So between Miller, Lindgren, Fox, Truba, they all shared the ice pretty evenly. Uh, Ryan Linggren's tough as nails, man. What, what else is there to say? The guy's a warrior. And uh, I think, again, one of the there, – there's a lot of people you could maybe give this award to. Award to, excuse me. Uh, the Steven McDonald Extra Effort Award. I think Lindgren is certainly in the mix. I, I think maybe VZ. I think Johnny Brodzinski maybe uh, should get some consideration there as well. But we'll, we'll discuss that at a uh, future date, a little bit later. Um, But, you know, for the time being, I also definitely want to give some props to Adam Edstrom and Matt Rempe. They are not getting a ton of ice time right now. Uh, Edstrom got 747. Rempe got 508. But they make the most of it. They go out there and they establish a physical tone and they really, really throw their weight around. I think opposing players really need to keep their heads up when they're on the ice against these guys. Edstrom had, five hits once again in just seven minutes and 47 seconds of ice time. And Rempe had seven hits in just five minutes and eight seconds of ice time. What is that? Like a a hit every 40 seconds or so, you know, give or take, Um, they go out there and they hit and they're noticeable when they're out there. And again, I I have no doubt that right now, the Rangers are watching those two players very closely trying to figure out, okay, are, are we good with the, with these guys? Like when the playoffs roll around, are we cool throwing both these guys on the ice for the fourth line that remains to be seen. You know, I, I think maybe the Rangers would possibly look to bring in a fourth line type player, um, even if these two continue to play well, just to give yourself some more options, a little bit more depth. Um, but we'll see. I, again, I mentioned this in a recent episode, too, but I have no doubt that the two of them, it's a little bit of an open tryout as far as you know how the Rangers are going to line up for that first playoff game. And, and so far, so good. Like I said, the ice time is limited, but they're going out there and they're making the most of it by doing what they do and establishing a physical tone uh, for this Ranger team. I also want to give some props to the Rangers in general and also the fans for bringing it in this game. You know, the Rangers were a little bit sloppy early in this game. I thought both teams were, both teams had some issues getting the puck out of their own zone, turned it over a couple of times, led to uh scoring chances for the opposition, but the Rangers, they had their legs, they were moving, they were skating. Uh, they were very much engaged in this game. Clearly a team that does not want to let the winning streak end and so they should be given credit for that, especially after such an emotional roller coaster of a win against the Islanders in that you know crazy environment outside at MetLife Stadium. So props to the Rangers for not coming out flat, which was a distinct possibility for this game. And props to the Ranger fans; they were into this game right from the opening faceoff as well. Um, you know, it's an out of conference matchup, so maybe you're not as up for this game as you might be you know, for the Penguins, Devils, uh, whatever it might be. And on top of that, you know, the, the Raider fans just watched that that crazy game outside as well. But they were bringing it. They were loud in this game. Loud Igor chance anytime that he would make a nice save. So just good stuff all around. Good stuff uh, from the Rangers. Good stuff from the fans. And um, had a playoff-like atmosphere, despite playing a team that, you know, the Rangers obviously uh, don't see as often as some others. But I figure we could pretty much call it there. Uh, one other quick thing that I want to mention here, we will cover this in much greater detail in a future episode, Trade rumors right now surrounding the Rangers and Alex Wenberg. Apparently the Rangers might be in on him. Um, We'll see. I I think he'd be a solid addition. But as we've done with some other players, we will discuss Wenberg in greater detail in a future episode. And one other kind of subplot coming out of this uh, Ranger winning streak right now is that it really feels, and I don't know how conscious the Ranger players are of this, but it feels like they are really kind of making their case to Chris Drury that, yeah, this is a a team well worth investing in well worth quote unquote, going all in with, you know, that's obviously been a debate among Ranger fans. They got that fantastic start cruising the first place in the Metro division. Uh, Awesome. October, November, December, terrible, January, fantastic. February so far for a while there, you know, when the Rangers were struggling, a lot of fans were saying, you know, "I I don't know about pulling the trigger on all in moves and trading away draft picks and prospects, but now that they've won eight in a row, and really, if you take away January, which is obviously cheating a little bit, but if you take away January, the Rangers have had a phenomenal season, like, like just winning at an unbelievable clip. So to me, again, whether the Ranger players are consciously aware of this or not, they are making the case to Chris Jury that, okay, go out and get somebody, help us, uh, give us all the help that we can get, and let's go win a Stanley Cup. That That's kind of the message one way or another, that's being sent from the Rainers uh, to Chris Jury and the rest of the front office at this time with with this awesome winning streak that they're on. So, yeah, figure we could pretty much call it there. Once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrainers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrainers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at lo underscore ny underscore rainers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rainers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rainers YouTube channel. Thank you guys. As always, I will see you next time.